0: On and off the pitch. Hello and welcome to on and off the pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. I hope you're well. Thanks for joining. Uh, this weekend, I visited Selhurst Park, where I watched Crystal Palace women take on Southampton women in the Barclays Women's Championship. A table-topping fixture before kickoff and a table in decider after kickoff. Three points at stake and more. Crystal Palace were at home in front of a huge crowd. I believe it was 4,000. And the last time they played Southampton, I don't believe they got the best of the results. So this game meant everything. Southampton women who must be said have a fraction of the experience within this league are the team that most other teams are concerned about. Uh, Both teams had attacking flair in the numbers. Wilkinson up front along with Brianna Dean for Southampton, fantastic pairing. And for Crystal Palace, Hughes. Both teams had plenty of uh, talent on display in their midfield and on the bench. But it must be said, what was really noticeable for me was the absence of Annabelle Blanchard, who has been really pivotal for Crystal Palace this season. Uh, The missing element for me may have been a crucial piece of their potential success or as how the game panned out. So in terms of the game itself, an early mistake uh, by Gibbons almost provided Southampton with an opener, but the shot was easily saved. Uh, For the first 15 or 20 minutes, I would say that Southampton um, had the bulk of the possession and they did make their possession count with a goal from Pike on the 13th minute. Confusion at the back, playing out from the back and Southampton would find themselves in front. A great cutback and... Calmly and coolly finished. Uh, I will say now. Actually, it's always good to watch football, and I always look for the players that um, do the simple things. And in terms of those players that stand out or who are outstanding, in terms of my in my opinion, uh, Peplo was fantastic for Southampton. S- simply doing the simple things, uh, protecting the back four, sh- uh, screening them getting out to players, being aggressive when needed to be, but also linking up play and um, just necessarily um, stopping any kind of attack from Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace weren't at their best in the first 45 minutes, that has to be said. They were playing for scraps, not necessarily getting themselves into the game as they would have hoped. And uh, in terms of... uh, a game to watch for as a, as a neutral. It was fantastic to watch. It was really good football. There were moments where Southampton's passing was so slick. It was actually scary to see because if they click and they click like that all the time, it will be very, very, very difficult for teams to stop them in this league. Uh, Mott and Morris, what a double act they are. They are phenomenal when it comes to covering ground, Uh, the way that they help defend, the way that the shape of the team changes, where they go from a flat back four when they're defending and they go into a three at the back and they push on the extra player into midfield, causing teams, especially Crystal Palace in the first half, problems. So for Crystal Palace, not necessarily their best game. For Southampton, uh, they would probably think that they should have won this game before and how they did so in terms of goals Molly Pike with a goal on the 13th minute uh, which was then cancelled out by Amy Everett on the 18th minute so both teams you know getting a sense of each other and and getting in amongst uh, the goals which is great for the crowd but also probably very very tense for the management and coaching staff Uh, Morris gets the goal on the 23rd minute and then Hughes literally before half time brings it all square. So Palace go in feeling more upbeat. Southampton will probably be kicking themselves at that point and say, hey, we should have gone in um, with a lead. They've had the bulk of the game. And, you know, in my humble opinion, uh, I believe that they were the better team at that moment in time. But football is a funny thing. And they come out in the second half and they go again. And Crystal Palace get more into the game. It was really, really key to see and, and noticeable that the crowd really reacted when Araya Dennis had the ball. I mean, the, the 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 surge of energy that she has on the pitch, the crowd could feel it. And she fed off the crowd and the crowd fed off her. It was great to see, great to hear. And um, her tenacity, her ability, her skill on the ball, you know, could have bought more for Crystal Palace overall. And it's a shame when on a the reflection, they'll probably look back and they didn't utilise her enough in the first 45 minutes. Um, it was uh, interesting for me because i watched a lot of London City Lionesses last year to see Sinead Hopcroft in this team, to see how she fixtures, along with Haley Nolan as well, who seemed to have settled in, settled in really, really well. But in terms of the goals, Ranadine Dean gets her goal for Southampton on the 70th minute um, after Hughes had put Crystal Palace up. Uh, with a penalty and like with most things in football you, you're never quite sure if it is a penalty or it isn't but um, you know it, it it is and Hughes dispatched it very very well so at that point 20 minutes to go you're thinking is it going to be a draw what's going to happen Crystal Palace are really on the up Southampton are kind of sticky or tricky moments in the second half in terms of the defending, not at their fluid best as they were in the first 45, but substitutions are key. And the substitution of Lexi Lloyd, Smith coming on, burst of energy up front, a fantastic cross and delivery. And Wilkinson, who for me is probably one of the best strikers in the championship in terms of being able to hold the ball up well, technically gifted, both feet, heading ability, great. Once she's got the ball and she's got a body in the way, it's very, very difficult for any defender to get the ball off her. And she's very cute at getting free kicks. But the header was fantastic. And to come at the time that it did, it was definitely a cut to the heart for Crystal Palace fans and for the players. Because at that point, you're thinking, can they go again and get another goal to get a point or even go on and win the game? It was fantastic game. Uh, for the neutral as I've said but in terms of the Southampton fans who travel up to watch their team brilliant for them what it means for them going forward uh, how they they will will have loved that that sees them there and thereabouts uh, close to the top not far behind the the team at the top Charlton but for um, for Southampton what a fantastic uh, performance they put in And a great, great win away from home. Crystal Palace will probably rue the chances that they didn't take and also rue the chances that they didn't create. This wasn't them at their best. They know that they can play better. As they always say after again, go again. And I think for Crystal Palace, when they look back at the moments that they did create, they probably didn't create enough. They probably didn't support Hughes enough and get close enough to her to be a potent threat for Southampton's defence, but for the, the players of Southampton, you know, they were phenomenal. And, um, you know, what I say, Mott and Morris, what a pairing, And it, I mean, all over the pitch for, for Southampton, fantastic squad, talented, and uh, always nice to see Primus getting on the pitch and, and getting in on the action as well. So from Selhurst Park, that was probably... Uh, no, well, not that, probably. is a blow for Crystal Palace in terms of their, their challenge. They're still there. It's a confidence boost for Southampton. It makes the top of the table oh, oh, oh so interesting. And all of those teams are there and there about. And we're going to go and talk about those other teams just after this. So... In terms of the results, and the results are in. In terms of what was happening, it was the most entertaining weekend I would say for a while. Not that it hasn't been entertaining so far this season, but to know that so many teams were close to being top, how the results would pan out for Charlton—they were the first to kick off early uh, against, you know, the, the the high flyers that are Sunderland. They have been doing fantastically well, especially with the recruitment of one particular player who I think has been key. I think this player has been so key for them. And I'll mention the name in a moment. But for Charlton, you know, to score in the 90th minute and think, wow, they've got the victory. Sunderland dig in and uh, 90 plus five minutes, Watson with the equaliser. So McGowan for Charlton, Watson for Sunderland a great game for both teams, still there and thereabouts. Charlton at the top of the league uh, and they'll be really, really happy with that, uh, uh, no doubt, and so will the manager. um, uh, Karen Hills will be fantastic with that. Uh, For Sunderland, right, I've got to say this, I've got to say this, I watched this particular player when they were at Blackburn and I thought uh, they were a phenomenal player. They're the kind of player that no one really talks about. You know, they do the dirty work, they dig in, they, be, they are a real, for a better phrase, a pain in the ass of the opposition because they're just a constant threat. They stop, they thwart, they niggle. But also when they're on the ball, they know what to do. They find their players and they build the team. Natasha Fenton. Natasha Fenton leaves Blackburn after a number of seasons and goes to Sunderland. And to go there and be named vice-captain within the space of three or four months is a sign of how important this player is for Sunderland. It isn't just about the established players that are there, but to come in and hit the ground running, and not only hit the ground running, get form, but also get the respect of your peers as to what you do, is a great, great sign-in. So in terms of um, Sunderland being where they are in terms of the league position, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, because you have players who know what it is to dig in when times are hard and Fenton knows. So in terms of the result, 1-1. One, one. In terms of league position, Charlton top of the league, 22 points. Sunderland there, 22 points. In second place, it's goal difference. Goals for Charlton have the edge, but it's Right now, those two teams are the teams that you need to be to be concerned about. Southampton, just behind them. We talked about them earlier on 21 points. And Crystal Palace, even though they lost by four goals to three, they're there with a game in hand. Game in hand on 20 points. So it's still in their hands to leapfrog the other teams and get to the top of the hill. But... Football is a funny game, and the team that they've got to play that game in hand in, it could be Blackburn, I'm not sure, I need to see the fixtures, it could be, but it's oh so interesting, especially for those teams, especially for those fans who are at the top, and they're absolutely loving it. Now for a team that had a bit of a tricky start this season, in terms of the results, Birmingham City at home to Durham, tough tackling Durham, Durham, the team that I first saw when I... um, started to watch this this league when they I think they were playing at Crystal Palace and I thought wow what a, what a team they're going to get promoted to the WSL hasn't happened hasn't happened I'm surprised it hasn't happened because they're a really good setup they travel to Birmingham Birmingham get their win three goals Pennock Fuso who's on loan I believe from Manchester United and Remy Allen uh, spreading the goals in the first and the second half Birmingham needed that because a few weeks ago they were close to the bottom and probably not close to the bottom, but close enough. They're not necessarily at the bottom, but they weren't where they should have been. And cons- considering the players that they've brought in, you know, and they've got some really good players there. Um, Martha Harris, loads of experience. Obviously, Remy Allen, Lilyag, you know, Pennock, Fuso with the experience, They're a little bit of flair. They've they've got players there, um, and Ellie Mason, of course, who has. Lethal, lethal in front of goal when given the chance. So you know, great result for Birmingham. Great result for the Birmingham fans. Hi, Craig. Um, and they'll be happy about that. And they they've moved themselves up the table to 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 the giddy heights of 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 um, fifth on twenty points as well. So it it can change quite quickly once you get a run of results uh, going your way, going your way in in the Barclays Women's Championship and it does does help. Uh, Watford at home to Sheffield United. Sheffield United travel away. Uh, goals from uh, Fleming on uh, and and Goodwin uh, in the 70th and 71st minute. It means Watford's defense switched off in those two minutes. They took a blow and they took another blow. You know, to get uh, it's always difficult to defend once you've conceded because you tell yourself. You Know focus, uh, don't make any mistakes, and then concede to concede a minute later is, uh, I mean, it's 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 I can say indefensible. Is that, is that ironic? Indefensible, uh, for Watford. Um, Sophie Bennett gets in on the score sheet for them, so they go that they go um 1-1 at that point, and they're probably thinking that they they've got something to, to do, uh, and they can get a point. At least, or at least a home win, uh, it doesn't go for them, and they will be really, really um, unhappy about that. And what's really surprising for me, and I say really surprising, this team has got a lot of talent. Watford have so many talented players there. Um, yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, I almost lost for the words. They have a lot of talented players there that know the league well, that are really talented, that have what it takes. to to get to where they need to be, and they're not in a very good position. They're down, down, down near the bottom. Actually, they're at the bottom. So for the manager there and the players there, they know what they need to do. I mean, there are some good players there. They've not had the best bit of luck. Um, It's not gone their way, but they've lost a considerable amount of games. And regardless of what people say about football, regardless of how we predict and what we say and what we hope for, statistically the facts always show out that if you're not scoring enough goals, then you're going to suffer. And if you're conceding far too many goals, then it's saying something specific about you. So for those players that I know who are seasoned in terms of the Barclays Women's Championship, um, this is their moment. They can't get they cannot allow for it to get to Christmas. Or January and not have 10 points because if they don't by that point, it's going to be a really hard slog. It's going to be so difficult for them to turn it around and get to a position where they need to be. Uh, Blackburn Rovers versus Reading was postponed, so absolutely nothing to report there. Uh, But so the only game, the only game to report on is Lewis at home versus London City Lionesses. Now, London City Lionesses, I've watched quite a bit this season. I've seen them play many times, and I've seen the old team, the new players have come in, of course, and the new management team, and they're still bedding in. This could still be technically their pre-season because they had players join at a particular time. But in terms of the result, this is the result that they didn't want. This is the result that they'll look back and think, why didn't we do better there? Because they go a goal up in the first half, and they're pretty much lock up shot for the first 45 minute satchel with the goal for London City Lionesses so um, whatever happened I haven't seen you know the highlights I'm only going by the results itself and I need to watch this so that's my disclaimer I haven't watched the game so I can only comment on the scoreline but what I will say is this when you're going to play against the team that have only won one game so far this season that's the team you can't lose against One, one game uh, Lewis desperate now. Obviously, they would have been bottom before this this kickoff game, and now above Watford. Watford were probably thinking if they lost or got a draw, Lewis wouldn't have leapfrogged them. So it changes the dynamic. Um, Lewis obviously they've got talented players there as well. Oldin, um, uh, who was at Crystal Palace previously, can score can score bangers when she's uh, allowed the time and space to shoot okay that's a given you don't allow players of that quality time and space to score you do and you get punished and for them to sh- for for lewis to score two in the second half and and literally uh, grapple control of the destiny of that game away from london city Lionesses, they will be kicking themselves uh, Anna gray with the vital goal for lewis on the 79th minute uh, to make it comfortable probably uh, for lewis at home uh, and giddy for the for the management team and the players to get off the bottom of the league, especially this close to Christmas. It's always good to get away from the bottom when you're close to Christmas. Don't know what it is about Christmas, but it's usually a sign. So once you start moving in the other direction, it's great for London City Lionesses. Uh, that that win for them pulls them pulls them closer to Lewis in, in terms of um, points on the board. Uh, London City Lionesses have 11 points. Lewis has seven. So London City Lionesses have only won one more game. You know, one more game is that close. Goal difference for is the same. So both teams have, can, and have learned something from this. Uh, London City Lionesses know that they cannot lose control once they go up by one goal, and they need to, and I have publicly said this before, and I'll say it again, they need to do more to help the striker up front. Midfield need to score more goals, which was evident, but once you score one, you need to score more than one. Uh, and for Lewis, phenomenal, you know, to know that you've been able to stick in and um, continue to play football the way that you want to play football and, and know that that's going to get the results as it has done is absolutely fantastic for uh, London, uh, not London, Lewis, London City like not fantastic for them, for Lewis and their fans so you know in terms of the roundup that's the roundup for um the barclays women's championship what we're going to do now is take a quick pause we're going to come back and look at wsl welcome back we're back with the wsl roundup and fix the chat oh gosh what can i say last round of games my head is hurting. Um, Chelsea doing what Chelsea do uh, at home. Uh, to Liverpool, entertaining game. Chelsea score five good goals. Lauren James taking the match ball home. Um, Beaver Jones with one. And Nuskin as well. Jess Carter, own goal. Jess Carter helping Liverpool out there. Helping Liverpool out with that uh, that result and get, giving them a goal. Um, Emma Hayes got to say something about Emma Hayes before we move on to anything else probably the best manager in the WSL not probably take out the word probably the best manager in the WSL um, so kind with her words before this fixture um, and you know praising the team Liverpool team the management etc etc she does it every time it's almost like the Jedi night trip where she says we're going to do this and then she tells her players to go out, go and destroy them uh, it's quite it's disturbing it's really disturbing that the way that happens that she's so kind and, oh, you know, gushing about the other team. And then the team Chelsea players come out and go, I'm not having any of that. She's not praising them and uh, blow them away. So, Chelsea doing what Chelsea do, it's the WSR. What can I say? Uh, Everton uh, at home to uh, Bristol City. Bristol City get a point. Uh, to all, um, great game for them. Amy Rogers on the score sheet for Bristol City, Finnegan on the score sheet for Everton. Um, both teams needed points. Both teams probably would have needed a win in terms of where they are, you know, for um, Bristol. You know, they're at the bottom, so a point was great. Uh, Everton not too far away, one point for them. They've got five points. Bristol got one point, uh, four points. It's... Um, you know it's it's there and thereabouts. You know it's it's to be expected in terms of what what that game offered the fans and where they are. It's too soon to say who will be relegated, but I know that Bristol uh, have experience of the Barclays Women's Championship, and I just say this: you're always welcome back. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Brighton at home to Arsenal lose by three clear goals. Blackstinius Ford, and Marnham. Done. That's it. Arsenal do the job. They make sure that they get the three points away. Uh, they didn't blow tea. They didn't blow Brighton away. You know, as, uh, some teams have done previously where they take uh, nine goals beating, but three goals at home uh, isn't necessarily good for Brighton. Mill will not be happy about Brighton's um, defeat at home and should be working hard with the players. And obviously, new players that go into any club takes time. It take they take time to bed in. Takes time to bed in. Uh, one. Team that really will be happy uh, with a win at the weekend is Aston Villa, who've moved up. They've got six points, so their win away. They played West Ham. They will be absolutely tickled pink with that, if, or you know, whatever that is in terms of the colours. Um, three goals to two. Uh, Daily, the ninety-plus minute winner for them. Um, the game was heading for a draw. West Ham will feel really upset about that. Uh, Aston Villa and the players will feel. Really, really happy about that. And Carla Ward, who has not necessarily been under pressure. I, I like Carla Ward. I think she's a really exciting manager. Uh, she knows that her team are, are much better than the league table is actually displaying in terms of the quality. Uh, they, they've not had the best of starts. They've not had the rub of the green. The results haven't gone their way. All of those things. So a great win for them. Uh, a not-so-great result for West Ham. Uh, and I'm, I'm leaving the best to last. Some of say. saying... Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Uh Leicester City at home won. Tottenham won. Um last season I would have probably said that Leicester would have won this game. Uh Tottenham got a bit of bite, so they come back, they've got a draw. That's good. Um Heyman for Leicester. Um and I'm gonna actually struggle with this name. It's really, I I think is it is it Ild Hussein? I hope I got that correct forgive me if I'm wrong, for Tottenham. um, 1-1, great for uh, both teams. And I'd say great for Spurs because they need, they're a good team. They're a good footballing team and they need to ensure that they're in the top half of the table. They've got 12 points. They sit fifth in the league after seven games. So they've won three, drawn threes. Not bad, not bad, not bad. And this is the game. The last game, the last fixture, Manchester United at home, huge crowds, huge crowds, fantastic fans turned up to what... The the numbers, phenomenal, fantastic. You know, this is what you want to see. Uh, Great for the players, great for the Manchester United players to play at Old Trafford in front of that that number of fans. Brilliant. Uh, Not so great to lose in front of that number of fans. Manchester City... Uh, go there and take all three points. Uh, Rawd, Hemp and Shaw with the goals. Uh, Zellum, penalty of uh, how? what else would it be uh, for Manchester United. Um, I've seen a lot of chit-chat on social media, I've primarily X, uh, or Twitter as we like to call it still, uh, about the manager. The manager was always going to be under pressure regardless, even if he'd lost against any team. It's just he's on the verge. Um I'll, pra- I'll praise Manchester City first. Let's be clear, uh, Lauren Hemp, absolutely phenomenal goal, brilliant goal, absolutely brilliant goal. Just whew, the precision, everything, just great, just a great finish, and and the fact that she was on the other side, just great, dangerous left foot. I really, really do like Lauren Hemp as a player, absolute star, absolute star. Uh, Bunny Shaw. Showed what it means to not give up. Close the, close down the goalkeeper. You get your results. You get your rewards. So happy days for Manchester City fans. They can leave and walk around with their chest held high and their heads held high at Manchester and say they did a number at Old Trafford. Um, I'm what's con- the concern? There is it is a theme for Manchester United? And the reason I've left them last is because it's very easy. To talk about Manchester United as as as, and use their name like chewing gum, you know, to to get currency, Um, and it's really easy to to kind of throw everything in the bin straight away. Someone's got to lose. That's it. Some team. That's football. Someone has to lose a game, and if you're going to keep changing managers because you lose the odd game or here and keep saying we need better, I understand that some fans will not like to hear this. Get it? Totally get it. Um, but football means sometimes you lose it's just part of it, it's the pleasure-pain ratio, sometimes you're happy sometimes you're sad and um, considering the scarcity of quality managers and the opportunity to be a manager or a head coach in the women's game to to so openly want to get rid of a manager after one game is, I don't know, not short-sighted and it's something that happens in the men's game, particularly for Manchester United where You know, it's like the weather, very extreme. Not sure what's happening day by day, hour by hour. It's Obviously, it's the United Kingdom, what do you expect? But there has to be a balanced approach. Yes, lost the game, but has the season been that bad? No, it hasn't been that bad. It's been quite good, actually. So you take it on the chin, hopefully, and you move on and say, what can we do differently? And... What like most managers do, they hear the fans say something and they go the opposite direction because they know that they're the manager, so they won't listen. They won't listen, uh, and that's what will happen. So uh, there's that. Uh, there is that, and that's that. The one thing <laughs> I'll say, I'm going to talk about. I'll say the table. I was going to get a little bit of uh, do a little bit of politics, but I'm not. I'll leave that alone. I'll leave it alone. Uh, Chelsea at the top of the league. Arsenal second. Man City third. Manchester United fans, it's not all that bad in fourth place. Uh, Spurs in fifth, uh, Liverpool uh, sixth, and then Leicester, Brighton, Aston Villa, Everton, West Ham and Bristol. So let's just take a moment to think about where we are in the world of football, shall we? And enjoy it. It's great to watch football. It's definitely great to go and watch football. Uh, when it's international week for the men's and the women's team can play in in the main stadium and get the numbers that they have that is a fantastic thing Um, so there's that one thing that I have not necessarily a gripe about but I will mention I believe that the Barclays Women's Championship and the FA player and I'll say it slowly not doing enough not doing enough to help that league you know it is it's actually shameful not doing enough. And um, there are some fans who do their best to raise the profile um, and will comment and will post things on social media and, and and everything else and try and be involved. But from the league's point of view, it's pitiful, really. That's it. Anyway, uh, this was On and Off the Pitch podcast. I'm Rodney Cyrus. And until the next one, laters.